the original Snow White was a 19th century German fairy tale. It's always the Germans. The right fairy tales that scare the kids. First published by the Grimm brothers in 1812. Walt Disney went on to make a movie in 1937 called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Whoever watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? The Walt Disney one. Well, the wicked queen is always a wicked queen. She owns a mirror. Come over here, Joshua. Just over there. She has this mirror. Don't blind anybody. Did it blind anybody? Just... The wicked queen has this mirror and every day she would go to this mirror, she would look into the mirror and she would say this, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? And the mirror would reply, why you are, you fine thing. And every day the wicked queen would come and ask the same question, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the finest of them all? Who's the fairest of them all? And the mirror would reply, while you are fair queen. And one day, she did what she normally does. She goes to the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? And the mirror replies, Snow White. Snow White? And she goes into a rage. And she goes looking for Snow White. Because how dare Snow White be fairer than me? And this is what you tell your kids at nighttime before they go to sleep. <laughs> but I want to read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 to 18 on the screen for you could follow along. The Lord is the Spirit who gives life. And where the Spirit is, there is freedom from trying to be saved by keeping the laws of God. But he who follows Christ have no need of a veil to cover our faces or cover our heads or cover our bodies. We can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. How do I become more like Christ? As the Spirit of the Lord works within you. How do I become more like Jesus? As the Spirit of the Lord works within you. How do I become more like Jesus? As the Spirit of the Lord works within me. How do I become more like Jesus? As the Spirit of the Lord works within me. You let the Spirit work within you. And I love what it says here. We can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. The title of today's message is A Glorious Mirror. A Glorious Mirror. So just for the sake of the illustration, just stay there for a moment, actually. Just come down here. 
Just sit down with your mirror. And I want to illustrate three illustrations for you visually so at least you can stay with me and try to comprehend what it is that I'm trying to do here. We've been doing a series with our church called Enjoy Your Freedom. Enjoy Your Freedom. And we've been using Galatians as a starting point, really as a reference point, because Galatians is a letter in the New Testament that's written to people just like you and I who have now begun to follow Jesus. And what happens is they start with Jesus, they start with grace, they start with faith, they start with all that Jesus has done, they start with the spirit of freedom. And then Paul finds out later on, they start to live not in freedom, but under the law. So Paul gets them to a place where, hey, it's Jesus, He's your freedom, He's your joy, He's your salvation, He's done it all. Believe in Him and follow Him and you will draw from His strength. And then he finds out people are following Him and talking about other things. So Paul moves on as he does in his missions journey and he starts to talk to the Galatians. Uh, he, he says what he says and then he finds out others have come in and said, well, all that Paul stuff, you know, all that freedom stuff and holy, you know, and all. Uh, make sure you're circumcised. And, 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 don't, and don't forget the Sabbath and don't forget the food laws and don't forget to wash your hands and don't forget this and don't forget that and add on a whole lot of requirements. And Paul hears about it and he goes, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That you started off with the Spirit and now you think you can fulfill all of God's promises in your own strength? There is no anything that you can do that's going to actually work for your benefit. The only thing that's going to work for you is what Christ has done. And that is your source of strength. That is the well you draw from. That is the revelation you run with. And that is the truth that you hold on and let no one take it from you. He fulfills all Sabbaths. He fulfills all the law. He is the perfect law. He was without sin. That's why He's God. And it is amazing, even today, even in this room, how people can be like Lazarus, raised from the dead and walking around stinking like death. Lazarus was raised from the dead and he had grave clothes around him. And Jesus said, take the grave clothes off him. It was around his head. It was around his hands, around his legs, around his body. And there's too many believers in the 21st century. They're alive, but they stink like death. They're walking around with grave clothes. And so I wanna give you an image. Just because you got a cross, just because you got a Bible, doesn't mean that you're a free believer. It doesn't mean you're free at all. It just means you've got a Bible and you've got a cross. A few months ago, a young lady came to our church and she's from the Ukraine and she's serving, working in a restaurant. And she sees a group of guys having dinner and and she looks down and sees a a scripture verse, a Bible verse on on one of the guy's arms. And because she's a believer, but she hasn't found a church, she goes, she goes, uh, oh, I recognise that. It's a Bible verse, Philippians. And she says, yeah, yeah. And she said, do you go to church? She said, yeah, I go to church. This is my church. And she came to our church. Maybe you're here today. Say hello. If you're not, well, hopefully you're going somewhere. But... You can have a cross on your arm. You can tattoo Jesus, the hope of the world on some part of your body, but that doesn't make you free. 
You can carry a cross through the streets of Berlin. But if Paul knew that that's what's going to keep you free, he would have written it down in Galatians and said, carry the cross through the Galatian streets. There's nothing wrong with you having a cross around your neck or an earring in your ear or having a big cross on your door or above your building. But believe me, over the years with us renting buildings, I have heard people come up to me, where's the cross, Pastor Mark? It's not a real church unless there's a cross. It's not the cross that makes it a church. It's not the building that makes it a church. It's the Spirit in you, the Spirit in me. And you go, really? Yes. It's unbelievable that we have to fight this fight, but that's the fight. Me and Joyce got to go to Constance a few years ago, south of Germany, invited to speak at a church. And we were getting ready for church and we were going to church. And Joyce said, look at that. Someone's walking with a Bible in their hand. And I said, where, where, where? And then she said, there's another one, there's another one. And I was like, what? And there was a group of people walking with Bibles in their hands to church. Not the church we were going to, another church. And I'm like, wow, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. And you might think it's funny, but I've never seen anyone in Berlin walking around with the Bible. Bottle of beer, yeah. Donna kebab, yeah. Saturday night fever at the club. I've never seen people carry Bibles in Berlin, but I've seen a lot of other things. So what I'm trying to say to you is, is carrying a cross or having a tattoo or having some necklace or some jewelry, some thing that locates you. Maybe people do say, hey, are you a Christian? And it could start a conversation. I know people wear their cross into a sauna and they've got nothing else on, but the cross is there. Joyce, it's okay, all right? People understand saunas. But the point is, is it could open up a conversation. The point I'm trying to make though is the Bible in your home, Bible in your bedroom, has got to get to being the Bible in your heart. The cross, in whatever format you have, it's got to be more than just an, a symbol or an emblem. So the second illustration I want to give you, and I'm going to ask all of these guys, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Is that okay? Would you come up? You don't have to, but is that okay? Okay. Come up here. And I want to give you another illustration, then I'll come back to you, Joshua, okay? So keep looking at the mirror. Who's the fairest of them all? Why, Joshua, you are, you fine... I always had bigger plans than MBA for you. It's called Berlin. So this is what I want you to do. And I know maybe for some of you, you're still getting your head around the Bible and maybe for some of you, you're still getting your head around the sauna and the cross. I don't know. But let me tell you, what Paul is trying to say, and he's still trying to say it to us in the 21st century, this is the antidote to sin. Jesus has removed the power of sin over our lives. We're no longer a slave to sin. We are now a slave to righteousness. I'm no longer. I can't sing, so I'm not going to try. But I like the idea. 
We're not a slave to sin. We're, we actually belong to Christ. But Paul's saying, if you think food laws, religion, and all of these things, outward external things is gonna make you free, you are deceived beyond belief. He said, you're free because of Christ and enjoy your freedom. But the key to enjoying your freedom is to stay connected to the source of the fountain. I am the water that will never run dry. The fountain I give you will never end. The water that I give you, you will never thirst again because it's everlasting. So these are all of the representations of what he says. He says, if you want to overcome sin nature, if you want to overcome everything that the law could never do for you, if you have to keep one, you have to keep them all. If you break one, you break them all. It was impossible. And it was always pointing to a greater thing. Christ is the only one who can fulfill the law because He's God. And so He says, but this is the fruit of of the flesh, but this is the fruit of the Spirit. When you live for God, let me read it to you and then I'll give you an illustration, okay? This is what it says, Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 24, in the message, what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like the ability to love others, a deep sense of joy and serenity. We develop a willingness to endure and not give up, a kindness of heart and a conviction of goodness. We find ourselves with a capacity to be loyal in our commitments, not needing to be bullied or force our way in life. And even the ability to control and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. So he's saying again and again and again, if you want to live for God, the fruit of the Spirit, intimacy with God produces this kind of fruit. Maybe you're struggling to love the unlovable, but he said, intimacy with me gives you the capacity to love the unlovable. Well, God, I feel like I give up so easily. Intimacy with me will give you a strength to not give in, to not give up. Well, it's not my personality. No, it's not your personality. It's mine. It's the fruit of intimacy with Christ. Do you want a picture of Jesus or do you want Him? When I married Joyce, I didn't marry a picture of Joyce. I married Joyce. And kiss a picture. Doesn't talk back. Oh, there was an idea right there. Right there. I had a thought, but I arrested it and made it subject to Christ. Self-control right there. But listen to me, listen to me. Do you want a picture of Jesus or do you want Him? And so we have the fruit of the Spirit. So here I am, surround me, Holy Spirit, all of the fruit, get around me, facing outwards. In a circle, in a circle. Look at that. This is the fruit of the Spirit. It's fruit of the Spirit. Sorry, you don't have to hold hands. You don't have to touch. But this is the fruit of the Spirit. Less of me, more of Him. Less of me, more of Him. And this is the picture that God wants to give. Now, it's easy to have the fruit of the Spirit on Sunday in the house of God. But let's say we have to leave the house of God and go to work on Monday. Grumpy boss, complaining team. I like my job, but let's go fruit of the Spirit. We're going to work tomorrow. What did you do on the weekend? 
I went to church. What, 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 which club was that? <clears throat> church. What? Church, did you say church? What church? Hillsong <clears throat> church. You go to church? I didn't think you went to church. Oh, here we go, Holy Spirit. Now they know that I'm a Christian. Let's go to work the next day. Holy Spirit, let's go on the tram in Berlin. Holy Spirit, let's go get that flight that we said we were going to take to Copenhagen. Holy Spirit, let's go to the airport. Holy Spirit, Ryanair's just cancelled our flight. Holy Spirit, let's go try EasyJet. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, my bag's too big, it won't fit even if I tried. Even I took off the wheels. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we got rehearsals at the worship team on Wednesday, but Ben sent the email too late. However, I got the Holy Spirit, so I'm ready to turn up. Holy Spirit, I got an email from Andreas to join the welcome home team. Holy Spirit, I don't have a welcome home top. And I did, but I got marks on it because it's too white. I don't know what it is that you need to take the Holy Spirit with you, but the idea is, is you take the Holy Spirit with you because the Holy Spirit's in you. But you can't be just full of the Holy Spirit on one day and completely scattered, scatter, run away, run away, run away, when you get an easy jet flight. And what I'm trying to say to you is, is if you want to overcome the war that's on the inside, the conflict, then you've got to understand this fruit is Him and Him alone. It will produce in your life if you'll hang out with Him. And if there's no Word in you, there's going to be no fruit on you. If there's no Word in you, there's going to be no fruit on you. If there's no Word in you, there's going to be no fruit on you. You don't get the fruit by downloading from an app. You get it by digging in the Word. And you've got to quench the appetite. But you've got to ask yourself, do you even have an appetite for Him? Or are you nibbling on something else? Because you can be nibbling on something else and it can kill your appetite. And you've got to learn to go for Him and not something that tells you that it's a substitute of Him. So if you want the fruit of the Spirit in your life, male and female, you've got to understand it comes from intimacy with Him. And that's for the pastor and that's for the child of God and that's for all those who call Jesus their Lord and Saviour. And this is your strength. Not Sabbaths, food laws, rituals, ceremonies, cleansing things. Not even pilgrimages. You can do a lot of things as long as it's not a substitute for Him. You can have a Christmas tree as long as it doesn't replace Jesus. Whatever your culture is, as long as it's not bigger than Jesus. God's not anti-culture. It's just that don't make whatever it is in your culture bigger than Him. There's a lot of things you can enjoy, but you've got to get a revelation of who you belong to. And that's what He said. It's not you giving the symbols. 
If this is real, show me the fruit. If this is real, show me the fruit. If this is real, show me the fruit. And that's the problem. This is easy to show. This is harder to show. Amen. What do you like on Monday? What am I like on Monday? And that's where you'll find God turning up in ways that you never thought possible because He's with you wherever you go. But it's the fruit of the Spirit. You need long suffering. You need goodness. You need patience. You need to know that the peace of God can rule and reign because you have the Prince of Peace over your life. Even if the boss is moody, even if the project is failing, even if the money is run out, even if they've disowned you, even if they've abandoned you. I had a coffee appointment with my friend and she told me an hour before, it's not happening. She canceled on me. I feel so abandoned. No, it's not the coffee appointment. It's a childhood memory that keeps coming back, highlighting you're still not healed. And He's turned up in your life and He says, you might have been abandoned by your parents, but not by me. Your father might not have been there, but your father will be there forever and ever and ever. You might have scars and bruises from your early days, but let me tell you, I took every scar, I took every bruise, I took every pain and I put it on myself so everything that's right with me could be to your account. You are healed. Don't be Lazarus walking around with your death clothes on. Get water baptised. That's where the fruit starts to appear. There's never more a time for the fruit of the Spirit to start turning up in your life when you obey Jesus. Too many arguments about water baptism. Shall I? Shall I? I got sprinkled. It doesn't matter. Do what Jesus did. Under the water. The longer you wait, the longer you stay under. I added that bit. Amen. But if you want the fruit of the Spirit, that's what the world needs to see. The world needs to see a few more believers come around me again. Look out. What does Berlin need to see? A few more believers walking around with the fruit of the Spirit. Come with me, come with me, come with me. Going to go to work tomorrow. Come on, fruit of the Spirit. Oh, got to go on public transport again. Let's go for it. Oh, where else should we go? Wherever you go, take the fruit of the Spirit. Japan, South Korea, wherever you go. EasyJet, Ryanair. I just moved to Berlin and Deutsche Telekom have told me it'll take three months to connect the internet. Spirit. So let's read Corinthians again. We can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. We can be mirrors brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. What do you like when you look in the mirror? What do you see? The child of God. What do you see, Connie, when you look in the mirror? Earrings too big, too small. 
child of God. What do you see, my Danish friend? Buddha Hardenday? Did I say that right? Where are you from? What did I say? Vodenhardenday? Is that not Danish? Oh, Vodenhardenday. It's just like my German, useless. What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Highly favored, greatly blessed, deeply loved, forever accepted forever forgiven eternal hope potential beyond imagination loved beyond your wildest imagination safe and secure the mirror will not lie who is the fairest of them all why snow white is you wicked queen Let me tell you what the mirror of God says. He doesn't call you wicked. He calls you perfect, precious. He calls you mine. You've got to learn to get the right mirror. And God's mirror will never lie. So don't talk back to the mirror with lies. Don't tell the mirror that you're inadequate, that you don't measure up. Don't tell the mirror that you're a failure. Don't tell the mirror, well, I was abandoned and I'm still needing healing. Anytime someone cancels on me, I I have a rage inside of me and I want to know why the heck is that there? And he can take that rage and he can calm it and he can quell it. He can nullify it and he can take the greatest rage inside of us mirror, write on it, at your own mirror at home, write on it, permission to write on it lipstick, whatever you want to do, permanent marker just go for it and you just write, accepted, approved forever loved good enough, amazing you've got to believe what your father says about you your heavenly father, but it's so good because this mirror, this mirror is not going to lie, but you've got to ask yourself, what lies are you going to believe then, well I am a kind of a failure According to who? According to who? There is no condemnation to those in Christ, but there is consequence. There is consequence. But you've got to realize that the mirror of God will never lie. And if He has said it, then it's up to us to believe it. You are perfect. It's not narcissism, it's God who knows us better than we know ourselves. It's not hedonism 
and narcissism to declare that you are actually beautiful in the image of God because Christ has presented us perfect, spotless, without blame before the Father. Father, they belong to me. Please let them in. Father, they are mine. They belong to me. Please let them in. And the Father says, if they're with you, son, bring them in. 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 Religion will tell you you're not good enough, but Jesus has already paid the price. Don't let Easter be a date on a Christian calendar. Let it be a transformation, a reality of pure freedom at every level because you don't need to go back to the old. He's got new bread for you today. Once you taste Him, you won't settle for second best. If you want to buy a Gucci t-shirt, you're not going to be sold a t-shirt called Moochie. <laughs> Cheesy, I know, but do you know what fake looks like? Do you know what fake looks like? Do you know what fake looks like? Do you know what a counterfeit love looks like? When you taste pure love, you won't settle for counterfeit love. When God has declared something sacred, don't cheapen it and undermine its sacredness. If you give sacredness to someone with no responsibility, you're gonna destroy sacredness. You are sacred. Keep your sexuality as sacred. Keep that essence that God has given you sacred. And if you damage it, it can be restored. If you forgot about it, the value can come back because God is always bringing us back to newness. So whatever's damaged, He can turn it around. Whatever is broken, He says, not with me. You're safe with Jesus. And let this Easter, let this next few days, next few weeks, let this intimacy with the Holy Spirit begin to transform you from the inside out. And the fruit that you've heard about will begin to be a reality in your life. You'll go back to work and you'll notice I am different. And is it instant? The work of Christ is instant. The outworking of the fruit. Have you ever seen an apple tree go, ping, ping? Have you ever seen a tree in the next few weeks with spring coming? You will not see springs forcing an apple, forcing a flower, forcing a blossom, blossom, blossom. They really want to see pink, pink. No, you'll walk down one street, it looks dead. And the next day you'll walk down and you'll go, oh my goodness. And you will Instagram everything you see. Because the cherry blossoms are coming. Spring is on its way. New life. New life is here to stay. Enjoy your freedom and let the fruit of the Spirit be your inheritance by drawing on the Holy Spirit. Go for the Holy Spirit. When we worship, Holy Spirit. When we pray, Holy Spirit. When we get up tomorrow for work, Holy Spirit. Don't put them at the end of your day. Start your day. It's a new beginning. It's a new day. You watch, you'll see the joy of your salvation. You'll see strength and power that comes from Him, not from you. You're not called to be a religious freak. You're called to be a child of God. 
And don't let anyone bewitch you and tell you you're not good enough because He's declared you to be perfect in Jesus' Name. The rest of it, we get to work out with Him. The rest of it, we get to work it out with Him because we're safe in His presence, safe under His Name, safe with the inheritance. He's put garments of righteousness upon us. He's put shoes of peace on our feet. He's put a ring on our finger and He said, Father, they are mine. Let that penetrate deep within you because that's where the fruit comes from, the Holy Spirit.